And we're back, and you are listening to Villain Cast, BJJ Antiheroes, with myself, Chris the Villain Pains. Weekly podcasts featuring either my fellow black belt Naki Arshed on our show Reap the Week, or compelling interviews with other personalities across jiu-jitsu and MMA. But first, a quick thank you to our members at In Theory BJJ Concept Driven Jiu-Jitsu for fight commentary, technique and concept videos, private coaching, monthly webinars and Q&A sessions. Please visit www.patreon.com slash In Theory BJJ. You didn't bob your head as much. Well, I didn't I'm know. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Did you like stage fright? I was, I was like mini bobbing. Oh no, your okay. camera switched off. Where's your, where's your camera gone? Well, there you are. My camera's got. Oh, there I am. Um, it's all right. You're back. You're back. Oh, don't, don't jinx these things. Please don't jinx these things. It's going to um, be okay. It's going to be okay. So, this is our second attempt. <laughs> uh, oh, Helen Harper, welcome back. Although, to everyone else, okay. this is our first chance. So, it's going to feel kind of silly saying everything again um yeah but yes we we did a it was a brilliant podcast it went for like an hour and a bit or something like that and i was like i'm so happy about how that one went then i came to do the editing and it only saved 11 minutes of it i was like oh oh my god Ah." so thank you thank you for agreeing to come back on Uh, you were very lovely last time and you'll be even more lovely this time um if you'd like to introduce yourself, you are Helen Harper, BJJ Brown Belt, and MMA Fighter. And the yeah, rest you I can mean, go for. <laughs> I feel like you did just introduce the highlights again. I have <laughs> oh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> a spoiler. Um, I haven't got better at introducing myself in the last two weeks since we last spoke. So that is very much me. BJJ Brown Belt and MMA. Um, Former MMA fighter. There we go. Former MMA fighter. Former I do not MMA fight MMA fighter. anymore. Um, I realised that getting punched in the head has a time limit on it, and I felt like my <laughs> time was quite done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I a lot of like folks are coming to the gym said, "Oh, I'll do MMA." I'm like, "Don't. Like, <laughs> it's fun. I'm sure <laughs> like, it why? is." Uh, but yeah, it's like you 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 have fun yeah. in the present and you rob from the future. Let's just put it that way. Well, I think that's it. And also, it's like a bit of, right, have you tried therapy? Because that might be more suited to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah. You know I mean? So no one knows about your, your you know, we're going to go into your, your history of these things. But that's essentially like, maybe someone should have just said that. Like, instead of like, you going to Thailand to get punched in the head. Like, do you want to talk about therapy? Like, there's other ways of doing this. Um, so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll start from the beginning. Um so when I won't even spoil it because I know half the story now. Um, yeah. When when you did you start your martial arts journey and why? Oh, this fun story. Yeah. So sorry, sorry. We can we can just clip it together. Last one. It's fine. It's like as you say every single week. It's like therapy. Um, you're not wrong. It is like therapy. Talking like this. Um, yeah. So. Basically, I was in an abusive relationship. I was told by someone that I was pretty close to that I should basically learn how to defend myself and be being stubborn and pig-headed went, nah, we're fine. What are we talking about? Be absolutely fine. And then it got really bad. And then it turned out that learning how to defend myself wasn't the baddest the worst baddest that's not even a word wasn't the worst idea 
Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've had two coffees and no food today, and I am buzzing off my tits. So some of the things that come out of my mouth probably won't be words. <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm about three deep, and I was like, I can't have another one now because I'm going to be. This is going to be an amazing podcast if that happens. It's going to be. Only, it's going to be an epic podcast. Yeah. It's fine. Oh. We've, we got. It's going to kick Between in. Between us, we've got five coffees. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> so, and the last so one I escaped... had was like crack as well. Um, oh right, right, okay, that kind of coffee. It was a it's strong, yeah. Like, do you know when you drink the coffee and are like, oh, my heart rate just changed. Okay, cool, good. Uh, yeah, it's one of them. <laughs> oh, good. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So basically, um, I got a tech. I got a, this is on my birthday. Um, I got a message from my cousin who, you know, it's like one of those ones where you, you hear from them once or twice a year or whatever. Like, oh, happy birthday, happy Christmas kind of thing. Anyway, he's like, happy birthday. Are you all right? How's it going? And I was like, oh, mate, to be honest, I want to die. Um, And he was like, well, like, come for a weekend. So he, he lived in Sheffield. He's like, come for a weekend. And I was like, uh, mate, if I... If I come for the weekend, I'm not. I'm not going to leave. Like that's it. I'm. I'm just done. Like I just don't. I don't want to be here anymore. Um. And he was like, well, "I've got a spare room. Come and rent it." So I literally moved up like a few weeks later. Ran away, obviously from the relationship. Um. And my entire life, ran away to Sheffield. Um. And rented my cousin's spare room. Start literally. I moved on the thirty first of May. And the 1st of June, I went to a jiu-jitsu well, jiu and everything gym and was like, right, I'm going to do all the classes. And they were like, no one does all the classes. And I was like, I'm going to do all the classes. And they <laughs> they looked at me like I was mental and I was like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Um, anyway, so I did all the classes every day, um, Monday, Monday, Thursday. Well, they didn't do Fridays. And um, actually, that's the reason I left there was because they didn't do Fridays. But that's another story for another day. But yeah, so um, yeah, I just literally did every single class I could do. Um, and just sort of like, I said that typical breakup thing of like, I must distract myself. So I did. And that's, yeah, yeah that's how I started, basically. Um, right, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, focus, focus and focus and focus. It's like, when you ask a lot of people, like, you know, why you got into martial arts, it's amazing how many times that one comes around is breakups. And when you're, when you're stuck in that, um, that sudden period of loss, and you're just like, you start to really climb inside your own head, like getting hit mm -hmm. in the head really helps. Um, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, also, you end up in Sheffield. Like it's, that, it's like a numb, you, you, you know, when you're like, your heart's a bit numb. From everything like the trauma it's been through and then getting punched in the head like helps you feel things again yeah i don't know if yeah, that yeah. sounds really fucking up, to be honest like now i say it out loud i'm like oh no that's pretty messed up um but yeah that's very much how i felt and i still feel really um yeah you know yeah, i agree with that getting hit in the head does help sometimes or slammed on yeah. your head that if you don't like yeah. being hit in the head um yeah, <laughs> so i mean i was, I was uh, this is going to be obviously when this comes out uh, it's going to be alongside the PJ Lucy podcast and we, we were talking uh, about how because he didn't know because obviously we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago and I said mm. that you went from what started in 2010 and you're already 
on the ultimate fighter like five years later uh, and he was like oh yeah that girl's got drive i was like yeah no yeah she it was like <laughs> I, I i actually started in 2011 um oh right G- even june later 1st, 20, yeah june the 1st 2011 and i was on the ultimate fighter 2020 uh 2020 no 2016 yeah so yeah exactly five years in fact, in fact less than about four and a half years i first started training i was on the ultimate fighter yeah i sort of didn't really think bon- about that that's mad that's bonkers it is bonkers. And we were like, mm. that is that is so ridiculously driven. Like some people just about get their blue belts in that time. And you're like, nope, I'm gonna go to the very top. Bye. Um which is okay. Yeah, that's crazy, <sighs> isn't it? I know. Um so we're in yeah, Sheffield, yeah. uh we're doing jujitsu. Um yep. where did you go next? Uh, and and everything else. Uh jujitsu, wrestling, kickboxing, MMA, um and Carly, stick fighting. I did all of them. How Just did you cause. find time for all this? Well, I didn't really have a life. Um, oh, okay, that'll help. Yeah. I, so basically, I went to work in the morning. So I was working um, in the only office job I didn't get fired from in my whole life. Yep. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, so I was working in this place called Omnia Offices. Um, and then I worked for Omnia Estates. So it's basically working... Um, in a maintenance department, which is really fun because I just got to talk to contractors all day and they're all just great. Like, they're all just a great laugh, you know? So I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so I worked there and then literally that was at the top of the hill and at the bottom of the hill was a gym. And so I used right. to work, start at like 8.30 or whatever, work till five and then drive down to the bottom. The, the hill was quite long, by the way. I just, I had to drive. Well, I didn't have to, but it's easier at the other end, you know? Um, yeah. So I drive down the hill, park in their car park, and be at the gym all evening, and uh, finish at nine, and then go home, sleep, eat, eat first probably, sleep, wake up, do the same the next day, done. That was that was pretty much it, it really. Um, so yeah, I feel like I did that beginner white belt thing of like do like putting a hundred percent in, you know, like the why yeah. that enthusiasm of like, yeah, I'm going to do this for every waking hour I have. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. Especially in those days, like I remember, um, I, again, it was in, in the PJ podcast, we were talking about how like in those days, even competitions, you wouldn't really sign up. You just show up on the day and just write your name down like in your weight division. And I remember those days where there were no women's divisions and women really weren't in the BJJ MMA scene. Um, I, I remember a competition, I think Vanessa English, she was in the, the men's division, like whooping ass. Um, yeah, legend. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that How, how did you find like, those days, especially being so involved in it? Um, well, I think it was, it's actually, e- I know it sounds mad, but it was actually easier because of so, like no pressure because it's like, well, I'm going against guys, so and I think we touched on this in the last podcast. It's like um, that no one heard, but um, <coughs> we did. We we were there. Yeah, we did. Um, I heard it. But like guys can't guy against a girl. The guy can't win because if a guy beats up a girl, it's like, well, what do you expect? Of course, that's going to happen. And if a guy gets beaten by a girl, then it's like you just got your ass whooped by a girl. So, like, whichever way around it is, a guy cannot win. But a girl yeah. can win. Both, but, but it's win-win for a girl. So, it's yeah, like, yeah. if you get beaten, you're like, oh, well, it, was a, it was a guy. Like, don't worry about it, you know? 
And if you beat the guy, it's like, oh, holy, that's fucking amazing. Like, holy shit, you know? So, like, whenever I, I there was many, many, maybe five, five comps I did. That's many, right? More than three is many. I don't know. Yeah. Um, five comps I did where I was against guys. Um, yeah. I think I won four of them. Um, oh, damn. So, it's not bad. It's like, no. you know, could be worse. Or, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it could be worse. But um, I definitely went against some guys that I was, would fully shit myself against now, if that makes sense. Whereas then I just didn't care. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you just go, oh, well, <laughs> be fine. The, um, it's It's... <laughs> Again, one of those things that I hear, you know, quite a lot is this whole. I think the the mantra that a smaller person can beat a bigger person is a marketing strategy, especially in jujitsu. Yeah, strength plays an awful lot. Like if you if you yeah. find the right access, you can. Like everyone's mm. got a neck, and it doesn't take that much pressure. But trying to beat strength and power, like, sorry, doesn't work I, that way all the time. I would say that yes. Okay, so here's the way I look at it: is if you've got two blue belts, well, say purple belts, right? Two purple yeah. belts, one male, one female, both seventy kilos. It's not gonna, it's gonna very much come down to like style, stylistically, right? Yeah. What what happens if you've got a black belt female that's fifty kilos? And a white belt male that's 90 kilos, I would put money on the girl because yeah. they know the technique enough to be able to work around the weight. Yeah. yeah. So but it's, it's I do, de- like it does come into it, but it does depend on like a lot of other. There's a lot of other things. So like when I yeah, was yeah. I was a blue belt fight. The last matches I did against guys were when I was blue belt, and. I would, there's one where I weighed in at 55 kilos and the guy I was fighting weighed at like 96 or something. And I did manage to armbar him from mount. Yeah. I don't know how, by the way. I think I just <laughs> do what, what I still do now and just hold on for dear life. Because it was in a gi. I wouldn't be able to do that in no gi, see? Because you can't yeah, yeah. hold on to. But I, all yeah. I did was literally clambered onto mount. I remember it still now. It's bloody years ago. I clambered yeah. onto Mount, um, basically like by just wiggling, essentially, probably very little technique going on, wiggled into Mount and just held on for dear life to this arm and just kept going until it was straight, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So I'm not, as I say, like, I would say there's probably, I don't remember the technique involved, as in, in my head it was great, but it probably wasn't because it was quite a while yeah. ago and I don't even think I'm great now. So if it was back then, it was definitely not great. But I'm very stubborn. So yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, if there's an arm there to be got, I'll get it. And Although I do I'm... remember our uh, our train ride from Munich Airport to the city centre and you did you did tell me then the first time we ever met how good your arm bars are. Yeah, and then I tried to armbar you and failed (laughs) multiple times. And you just swore at me every single time. (laughs) I loved it. I was like, first time I ever met him, like just talking jujitsu, and you were saying, like, you know, your kind of signature moves, the armbar. I'm like, I've got a solid armbar. And you're like, yeah, we'll see about that. 
No, I was um, like, I can't um, wait. Unfortunately, I... we did see about that, and unfortunately, I lost multiple times. <laughs> you, you look so stressed. <laughs> it, was. it was a stressful situation. Because I was like, well, I'm doing everything right. What the fuck is going you on? Were. And he's not even escaping. He's just swearing at me and laughing at me. Yeah. I wasn't even holding on to my... You had my arm. My arm was fully locked out. And I was just there, my middle finger up at you as you were trying. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's not a happy time for me. And the fact that everyone was just watching and laughing as well, it's just made it even worse. I was like, well, I feel like my jiu-jitsu could have got worse. It's, it's um, first impressions. First impressions count for a lot, and I didn't set a good one at that point. Um, I mean, no, but also what I did appreciate was you telling me my mistakes, as in, like, I yeah. didn't have enough control of your shoulder. Um, yeah. But also what I do think is that when if so I was a, a, talking about the previous armbar, um, I was a blue belt against a blue belt. I don't know how long he'd been a blue belt, but even though he was a lot bigger than me, he probably didn't have a dissimilar technical knowledge to me, which was, yeah. you know, worked and definitely worked in my favor at that point. It wouldn't now, you know, if I was against mm. another brown belt now, there's not a chance I'd be able to armbar them. But as a blue yeah, belt, yeah. I feel like that. I also feel like as a blue belt, the the breadth of blue belt is so much bigger than in any other belt. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you if you if you go any random blue belt, they could be so good or so bad. Uh, does, does that sound bad? Does that sound dickish? I don't know. Not really. Like do one of the ways I used to explain it was that when you when you get your blue belt, your um. You're just you're you're a good white belt. You just pass the white belt stage. Mm. But then you can have good blue belts who've got sharp knives who can tap a black belt yeah. if they if they find their, their stuff. Like because purple yeah. belt to black belt can be very slight in technical ability. Mm. And you think so a high blue belt, it's so, I've I've said for years it's the biggest jump. Yeah. If you're going from I'm just a good white to yeah. well right, you know, uh, when the moon moves into Aquarius and the mm. tide is out, I can maybe catch a good armbar so yes yeah. yeah, it's, it's a huge belt yeah that's it that's it so um so yeah i don't know i don't even remember to be honest i think a lot of it's a blur um to be honest a lot of life is a blur but um i don't so, really remember so where in the my... head. <laughs> um, i don't remember where in my blue belt journey i was when i was competing against the guys as yeah. in like it was somewhere that's not very helpful. There was a couple of white belt tournaments that I did against guys as well. Um, one was in Thailand. I don't know. Don't remember the details if I'm totally honest. Again. So when did you end up in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, like I, you know, I haven't really. I did Muay Thai. Uh, how long ago? How old am I? Where am I? Uh, You're uh, I did more. I did more. Yeah, almost thirty-seven. I'm getting old. I did Muay Thai same, for... Same, mate. Same, same. <laughs> I'm trying, but my brain's fried. Uh, I did Muay Thai for six years, about 15 years ago. So I haven't really done a striking... Um, so we were just talking. We just had a bit of a, a technical issue. Uh, we should be able to edit that out. Um, yeah, so I did a, a Muay Thai, got hit in the head multiple times. Uh, so I can't think it's really affected me that much. But all these years of jujitsu and getting my head slammed into the floor, I'm finding I'm getting a bit more fuzzy these days. I thought I was just getting old. But I, I get confused yeah. a lot more. Mm -hmm. I do think it makes a big difference. 
like the headshots. Um, yeah. Yeah, same, to be honest. Like, I've really noticed it in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, just, yeah, just general, like, cognitive issues, I guess. Well, um, it, I mean, they talk about CT a lot in American football and boxing and MMA. But I mean, I, I you know used to be a firefighter for many years, and we used to have to you know deal with car accidents. And one of the things they used to talk about mm. was the the three impacts. So the first impact was the car hitting whatever it's hitting. The second impact would be your organs, or well, you hitting the car on the inside, and then the third impact would be your organs hitting the front of your uh, your skeleton, essentially. And yeah. That's what would cause a lot of the the injuries. So you could have, you know, we had injuries where the crash didn't really look like much, but people could have torn their aortas, for example. Um, I think that's, you know, as much as we understand that getting hit in the head and the, the kind of automatic trauma that kind of um, comes with <clears throat> mm. impact impacts in jiu-jitsu, getting like having your brain accelerate from getting taken down and slammed into the floor, like that's gonna that's no different to getting punched. Um, mm. and especially, you know, we don't know much about chokes. So no. I, I, it does start to concern me a little bit, um, that I may have robbed for my future a tiny amount because I am having confusion moments, uh, and like mm. just a bit of cognitive impairment. So maybe that's a conversation for another day. Maybe we have to keep coming back every year and seeing how well we do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. So I will bring this in the frames next year. Um, so um, I don't know how much you know about it, but um, I believe that coconut oil is the way forward. Um, so I'm not going to go into it all now because we'll literally be here forever and we yeah. will actually have to have Zimmer frames then. But uh, if there is anyone that's particularly concerned about their cognitive behaviours, then perhaps uh, have a little look about uh, coconut oil and how that might change the future for you. That's all I'm uh, saying. I may have had to start that about 15 years ago. Um, yeah, ooh. I mean, there's no, like, it's one of those things that it's not too late. Like, even if you've yeah. got full-blown dementia, you can still slow it down. Yeah. So, and I don't think you're quite at that point yet. Maybe, like, a little, a little uh, bit before that. We'll see. We'll see. I've listened to myself teach seminars, and I'm like, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so... <laughs> Talking about headshots and trauma, you were you yeah. learning in Sheffield. You leave Sheffield and to spoilers, you went to Thailand. What was that transition? Yeah. Um, so basically, I went on holiday again. Um, my cousin, who I love him, like he's no longer with us, unfortunately, but he was my absolute hero, my absolute savior. Um, and I fully credit him with saving my life, by the way. Like he's like not to get deep but he proper saved me. Um, yeah. So he basically was like, um, right, what are you doing next year? And I was like joking around. Like I'd seen it in this magazine. Like I think I mentioned it last time um, we were talking. So it was, um, was there like martial arts magazine? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember which. There was Fighters Only. I'm that was a big one back in those days. It might have been Fighters Only or what, or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Jiu-Jitsu magazine. And um, there was a spread about um, like 
martial arts holidays or something like that. Uh, okay. Or like the best martial arts holidays in the in the world or like across the world. I can't remember what it was, but it was something like that. Bear in mind, this is like be about 2012 by this point. I think um, the big ones back then so were I think I've been Fighters Only and Train Hard, Fight Easy. I think were the two big ones. And then yes. you had Jiu-Jitsu Magazine. Oh, yes. yeah, it's oh. definitely one of them. But Doesn't oh, that bring back yeah, memories? That brings back <laughs> memories. Airports oh. and those magazines. Oh my God, every single time. You can spot <laughs> all the fighters. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they're sitting there in um, their magazines. Bring back magazines, damn it. Anyway, um, so it was one of them. And there was a spread about, um, yeah, the best, the best martial arts holidays in the world. And I kind of, I'd looked at this thing and I'd had, and it kind of became my like, oh, I'm going to do that one day, you know? And um, then my cousin was like, and, oh, it had this thing about Tiger Muay Thai, which was at the time kind of a bit more innovative, you know, like, oh, you can go on a holiday and it can be all about martial arts. And, you know, and yeah. oh, it's amazing. You get to train Muay Thai with a real Thai person. And, Blah, 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 blah. Racist. And, um, well, yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah. just pretty much the, the article. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to go there one day. And then my cousin was like, oh, what, what are you going to do next year? Like, we were talking like Christmas or something. And he's like, oh, what are you going to do next year? And I was like, oh, I don't know, go to Thailand. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. And I was like, oh, no, nah, like, I'm, you know, I'm not really going to go because, you know, like, really far away and it's really expensive and he was like yeah yeah, yeah Helen there's these things called planes uh, I'm <laughs> not sure if you're aware of them and I was like yeah go fuck yourself but yeah cool <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, and then he was like look you've got a car sell your car buy a ticket go to Thailand he's like yeah. he'd gone traveling when he was younger and he was like look it was the best thing I ever did um, he's like I I owned nothing for so long because all I did was travel and every time I had any money, I bought a plane ticket and I traveled and I was like, that actually sounds like a really appealing thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I just, yeah, sold my car, bought a ticket to Thailand, went for a month and I was like, okay. it kind of just opened my eyes to like what life could be. And like, don't get me wrong, I was not unhappy. Like I wasn't like... Um, sorry, my dog's getting involved now. Um, <laughs> I wasn't. Um, uh, he he has something to say about Thailand. Um, I I wasn't unhappy. I was like I'd got over the breakup. I was kind of doing well. I was happy. Like life was good, but it could be better. It could always be better, right? So I was like, oh well, okay, cool. So I went there, opened my eyes to so much like other stuff, just like like possibilities. The possibilities are endless. And um, I guess, like, I went there for a month, but that wasn't long enough for me. It was like, oh, man, I need to be here longer. And then I went back and I basically, like, decided, okay, I'm going to move to Thailand, but I just need to work out how, you know? Um, so, all right, okay, what do people do when they work and when they go to Thailand for, like, long term? Like, what do people do, right? They either teach English or they teach diving. Like, I can speak English, but I can't dive. So I guess I'm teaching English. Um, I mean, barely, but possible. So um, I did my TEFL <laughs> exams uh, when I was out there. And I, I was, like, there a month. Um, so I was living in, like, Phuket Town and traveling out to Tiger 
every night to train. Yeah. And um, so kind of like it's like, you know, like normal what we do. We we work all day and then we go train in the night. You know, it's just like that, but in Thailand, pretty much. But I was studying in the day, not, but it was like, you know, learning on the job. You were still teaching. So yeah. that was a month. And um, basically what happened was I did uh, the open-ended flight. So it was like, you can take the flight anytime within the next three months or two months or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so where did I get to in my story? uh we're in thailand uh you are studying the day and oh yeah so yeah so i bought an open-ended ticket and i was like right i'm gonna i'm gonna basically try and find a job so that i don't have to take this flight home and yeah. if i don't then i've got my backup plan and i'll leave it till the last possible moment where i can take the flight okay so i was like right I, and I went to interview after interview. And when I'd gone, they'd been like, oh, you don't need a degree. And I was like, oh, sweet. I don't have a degree. So that's handy. <laughs> so then I was going to all these job interviews and they're like, oh, so what's your degree in? And I'm like, no, oh, I don't have a degree. And I didn't know I had to have a degree. And they're like, oh, yeah, you need a degree for the work permit. And I was like, right, okay. So it was like every single every single time I'd do like the interview and they'd be like, yeah, we really like you. What's your degree in? Done. Yeah. Out. And then it was like day eight of interviews. Like I was, oh my God, I'm literally the most interviews I've ever been to in my life, right? And this guy was like, what's your degree in? And I was like, oh no, here's the question. I was like, oh, I don't have a degree. And he goes, oh, that's okay. What else do you have? And I was like, well, I have a personal training qualification, like a diploma. And he was like, that'll do. I was like, are you for real? He's like, yeah, yeah, you don't need a degree. As long as it says the word diploma on it, it doesn't really matter. And I was huh. like, what? <laughs> anyway, so this guy was like, oh, so um, I have another two girls to see, like, tomorrow. Um, and then I'll let you know, like, after that. Yeah. Um, like, if, you know, if if you're successful. And I was like, okay, I kind of need to decide whether to get on this flight or not. So you kind of need to let me know quite soon. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know. And uh, then he called me the next day and like, I don't know, he canceled the other girls. He's like, yeah, you got the job. I was like, oh, sweet. He's like, can you start Monday? It was like a Friday. He's like, can you start Monday? And I was like, fuck yeah, I can. Obviously, I wouldn't swear with the children, but yeah, fuck yeah, I can. Um, and anyway, so this guy took a took a punt on me, like, thank God. And it was yeah. the best job ever. I absolutely loved it. It was just amazing. I absolutely, honestly, if I could do that again, and I would do it in a heartbeat. I loved yeah. it um and yeah it was just teaching all day um kids were insanely cool i loved them to pieces um and then training in the evening um and then fighting at weekends and you know what's better about the the kids or the parents in thailand is you come in on a monday morning after fighting on saturday and you've got a black eye and they go are you okay and you go muay thai and they go okay cool <laughs> and, in England, I was I came when I came back. I was teaching for a bit, and I would come in with a black eye, and they'd be like, "You can't work here anymore. Oh, you, have, really? you can't come in with a black eye." And I'd be like, "But I'm like, it, I'm I get paid for this. Like, it, I'm a professional fighter." And they'd be like, "Yeah, you can't do that." Then I lost like contracts because I was like, um, "Really? Like an SEN teacher? 
yeah it was like um so uh, special educational needs SEN, yeah. if anyone doesn't know um but uh yeah i was doing that like one-to-oneing with like uh kids with learning difficulties basically i which i also loved by the way um and uh, yeah i would come in with with like a black eye and they'd be like yeah you can't work here anymore i'm like but what do you mean like but i can look after these kids so well like yeah <laughs> what 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 and it was so backwards you know whereas in thailand they were like oh cool you're 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 gonna look after my kid really well if you can do muay thai i'm like yeah i am <laughs> you know so it's like such a like the opposite attitude um just mad but there we are cool eh? <sighs> i know I, I heard similar stories um over here but like it's um again i had issues in the fire service like you know coming in with mm. with a bad face in various ways i was once put on disciplinary because i went to a hospital uh to get my eye i had my eye cut open after someone's toe after a knee bar and i was put on disciplinary afterwards so i was like nice. that's oh well not in doing that anymore um so you find in in thailand you come back to the uk uh what, yeah. what brought you back to the uk so my dad was not doing so well and I was like kind of thinking to come back anyway. And then I yeah. ended up having a real bad situation going on in the gym. So by that point, I'd moved to Phuket top team. So basically, I did two smoker fights in for Tiger, uh, which is basically like the level below amateur. So it's like big gloves, shin pads, you know, bubble wrap, everything. But I got fucked up. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I got fucked up twice. Uh, one time I got knocked out, and the second time I got choked out. It was yeah. not a good time for me. So basically, the uh, the instructors or the coaches there were like, yeah, you're never going to win a fight. You're shit. And I was like, yeah, but, I'm, but I'd been training like less than a year, like way less than a year by this point, by the way. So like, yeah, I was shit. But they just had no like belief in like that I would get better, you know? Like, they were just like, yeah, you're shit. Go, like, leave. Why do you yeah, Why yeah. do you keep wanting to fight? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you're clearly shit. I'm like, yeah, but I can get better. And they're like, nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so I was like, all right, cool. So I literally went to the other end of the road, which is uh, Phuket Top Team, or was. I don't think it exists anymore there. I, I believe they've, they've moved, but that's another story. Um, so I went to top team and I went in and I spoke to Boyd who runs, ran it with his wife, Pan. And, um, so I went, Boyd, um, I really want to fight. And he's like, yeah, we'll sponsor you. And I was like, why would you sponsor me? And he's like, oh, we're looking for a female to sponsor. There aren't any like that want to fight. And I was like, oh, sweet. Okay, cool. So I literally did like one blog a week for them, like explaining yeah. what it was like training at top team, basically. And they gave me my training for free, which is phenomenal. And yeah, like, yeah. even, you know, I couldn't even believe that they did that. You know, I was so, so freaking grateful. It's unreal. So, um, and then I was like fighting, like, you know, the weekend, working, training there, blah, 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 blah. And um, then I'd been there for ages, like a year and a half. And um, I, I don't even know how it started, but basically one of the guys um australian guy who's a fighter also and he we'd been friends we'd been friends for like the whole time i was there and he just suddenly decided he did not like me for whatever reason 
I still don't actually know the reason, by the way. Just literally just decided one day he hated me. And um, he was like, came up to me like right in my face and started screaming at me and threatening me. And I was like, just confused because I was like, I thought we were friends. Yeah. <laughs> and me being me, I'm like, you know, I see the good in everything. Every situation is always like, I always see the good. I was, what, what's the good part of this, you know? So I'm like, I'm really confused. I'm like, I can't really see like a good thing in this. Like, there's not really like any good in the situation. So anyway, so I spoke to Boyd and he was like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. He's like my best fighter. So I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's real shitty, man. Um, so anyway, so then it was that plus my dad was not doing so well. And I was like the two together. I was like, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with this whole like, situation and plus like thailand like i love thailand and i loved living there but by the time that happened i was like i I was ready to go home you know like i I learned what i was gonna learn then um but the thing is is that it's a very transient place so you meet so many people and don't get me wrong i still had there's still people now that i'm friends with which is freaking amazing um but it's very difficult to keep like friendships going because everyone's just in and out all the time. You know, there's like, there's no stability. Like even though I was there, no one else was. Yeah. yeah. So like building up a friendship, a training partner, a relationship, don't have any of that, you know? So it's like, it's as much as it's amazing and it's the dream. It's not. Yeah. It it depends what your dream is. For me, I, I needed more stability. Like, I needed that that point in my life. I needed more stability. So, yeah, I, I thought I think coming home at that point was the correct decision. Although, you know, it was tough walking away from Phuket. Like, oh man, it's tough. Um, but then I came. Uh, I went to. I trained in Farnborough with Andy Roberts for a bit. I then I went to Tough from there. So the Ultimate Fighter from there. Uh, so that um, was twenty sixteen. By that point. What was the story behind Tough? Like, how did you get onto it? I know I know, but I'm pulling it out of you. Uh, So, when I was living in Thailand, I'd been to the Tough 20 auditions, which was like the first 115 uh, one that they did. And I did, they they liked me, but they didn't, I didn't get in because I was only 2 and 0. So they were like, look, we like you, but you're not experienced enough. Go away, get some more fights, and come back in the next like 115 iteration. So I was like, yeah, fair enough. So I went away, fought literally everywhere and anywhere that would take me, um, got a better record. Uh, I can't even remember what my record was, but like, they were like, we don't even care if it's all MMA. We just want you to have more experience. So I did like K1, I did Muay Thai, I did MMA, I did like uh, jujitsu matches, like literally anything. I was like competing all the fucking time. And uh, I went back for the 23 auditions, um, which... So basically, I wasn't going to go. And yeah. uh, I was like, I saw, I saw it come out. I saw them announce it. And I was like, oh, man, you know what? I think I, I don't think I'm there yet. Like, I, I was like a nice dream. But, you know, I don't think I'm ready. I think I need to do more, you know? And, uh, and then I kept getting it sent to me. Like, the, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. And I'm like, nah, nah, I don't know. And then by the time, like, the eighth person that day had sent it to me, I was like, shit, maybe I should do it. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, 
but I was like, but I had no money, right? I literally had no money. I was like, I was working, but it like, my money was just evaporating. Like, oh man, like I literally had nothing. I was like in debt. I was like at the bottom of my overdraft, like, oh fuck. And um, I, so I put a GoFundMe. I was like, I'll just see if it works, you know? Fucking hate that shit, but I did it because I was like, well, I'm not going to get there otherwise, right? So yeah. I I did the GoFundMe and I got it within 24 hours, the money to get there, the flight, you know? And I was like, holy shit, people actually believe in me. Yeah. Like, what? Since when? <laughs> um, you know? And that was like the real, I think like the real first time when I was like, oh my God, people want to see me succeed they don't want to see me fail like that's fucking mm. awesome and people believe in me enough to put their own money behind me like what the fuck that's awesome mm-hmm. so i started i guess like believing in myself a little bit more anyway so then i went to the audition because of these amazing people around me which i'm never going to forget by the way um and uh i they were like oh yeah so we remember you from last time what have you done since then and I was like, oh, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And I like reeled off a load of shit I've done. And they were like, oh, fair play. Um, and then they were like, right, get ready. Get ready to come back. So basically they're like, okay, the audition was like November, December time. And they were there was like, I think it was the beginning of December. And uh, they were like, right, you've got six weeks. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then they were like, you go for your fight camp and we'll call you on a Saturday. And if you're successful, you'll be flying out on the Monday. And I was like, right. So you go through camp, whether you, you don't know who you're fighting, obviously. You don't even know if you are fighting. You don't know anything. You just go through camp and you just do your best. You be on weight. Done. So I went through camp. I was like sparring on Christmas morning with my crazy friend Castle, who is he was amazing in that camp like oh my god he was he beat the shit out of me i think he enjoyed it a lot um and my wrestling coach uh just incredible like they were just pushing me and pushing me and pushing me and pushing me and it was fucking amazing and i got there i didn't know anyone i had my coach's friend who he hadn't seen for years but connected me with her and so she cornered me, um, who's also called Helen. So, you know, even even cooler. Um, yeah. And we, so basically she cornered me, this woman I'd never met before, and her friend who was a black belt, they cornered me, and I won my fight first round armbar. I told you, armbars, right? Mm-hmm. And um, some people like an armbar. Not you. <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bitter and salty about that. Um, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, they literally you get you get out of the of the cage, they hand you a microphone and you're in the house. Done. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. So oh, that's what that's what happened. Yeah. How um, was it being in the house? Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Because yeah. like I think because I'd been working really really hard, like work as well as training. You know, like I'd been working literally every hour. I was teaching. I was. Like, I was coaching, I was teaching in schools, I was working in a pub. Um, I was literally, like, you know, like, every hour is accounted for. And not yeah. many of them were sleeping. 
<laughs> like I only ate when I was on the move in the car. That was the only time I would eat. I'd literally be like, yeah, just go. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, so for me, it was like a holiday. Because all you're doing is training. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. training twice a day. I was like, what, is that all we have to do? Yeah. Like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I loved it. And the people were lush as well. Like, everyone was really nice. So, yeah, I loved it. You, you're on I'd team Joanna, weren't you? I was. I so was. She's, she's known for her Muay Thai. What's it like? Like, training with her? Like, what's the coaching like? I mean... I really enjoyed training with her. She was she was honestly amazing to me. Um, mm-hmm. I think the boys kind of struggled a little bit with her sometimes because she's very yeah. regimented. But, but you'd expect that, you know? No, of course, yeah. Uh, but I I really liked it. It was like the right kind of training for me. I think it's like well, I I wish I was there longer. To be honest, I I got a couple of injuries, so I didn't get to train like a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. that kind of sucked a bit. But yeah. I, I loved it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go back in a heartbeat. What was the reality TV show aspect like alongside the fighting? Because obviously you, you've trained in camps, you've trained in Thailand, you've trained in the, in the UK and, and various other gyms, um, which you don't really have a reality TV aspect. You're not really having someone putting a microphone in front of your mouth and a camera like we are right now. Um, so yeah. what was it like uh, being in that kind of environment alongside training? Um, it didn't really, I think you saw, it, it seems like really cliche, but you saw, you do sort of forget that the cameras are there because they're always just there. Yeah. So yeah, you just yeah. sort of, you just switch off to them eventually. Um, you had, um, the what we call confessional, which is like, um, uh, a room like in the back of the house. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> sorry, dog's just joining in again. Um, uh, a room in the back of the house, which is like, um, where you spoke like on a one-to-one with the person behind the camera, which was a guy called Gary, who's an absolute ledge. Um, apart from that, you, to be honest, like I didn't, I barely even like noticed that they were there half the time. It was just like you just got on with your life, you know, but just training, yeah. recovering. Yeah, there's a hot tub. Can't go wrong. <laughs> well, uh, but I, think... I do think we were quite we were quite boring because um, yeah, it was about three weeks in. Because all, well, all we're doing is training. But that's what fighters, fighters are so boring. And we really um, are. They, we really are. And then, so it was like <laughs> about three weeks in. And uh, we just got this massive pallet of beer. Just yeah. like appeared. Because they were clearly like, guys, you are so fucking boring. You need to do something entertaining. Drink this. Um, yeah. I didn't. But other people did. But yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I guess like. The reality of fighters is that fighters are boring. I think that, these days, they are. I think that's probably one of the reasons they have an issue with the ultimate fighter in general is that over the past 13 years, 14, 15 years, um, you've gone from the era of like Rampage, Chuck Liddell, like people who are just tough and mental um, to actually professional athletes now. Like, you're not like, can you throw really hard punches and just be act pretty crazy? Yeah, I can do that. But now it's like actual people who take this seriously and like they're just boring people. They're just athletes in general. Really um, boring. Yeah. 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 I think you think of the, the first kind of toss we had like, um, it was just all all mad. Like you had, I remember those early seasons. Like you. Oh, yeah. The, they were all mental. But 
but also they're all lads. Chris Lieber. And, and I think when you yeah, put, yeah. when you put women in with it, it really like shakes up the dynamic, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I was as, as with all my friendship groups, I was the mother of the group. So I was like making people food and like, I was like making, like I used to like, God, it's really sad. I made all the cameramen and all the people working on the, um, on the show, like cookies and stuff. And then I got bored and I started, I was like making everyone like little friendship bracelets and I was, I was bored. So I was like, I was God. so used to being like, I was really busy all the time and yeah, also yeah. massively ADHD. So it was like, my brain was just like, I need to do something. So I was just doing shit like all the time because I was just like, well, I, I literally, I just need to be active. I need, to, you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, I was like making shit for people like. Um, it was Valentine's Day when we were there, so I made like everyone a separate card. Like I was just bored, just like I want to do stuff. Like, huh. and so I, but I was like, there's only so much you can do for yourself. So I was like, right, I'll just do stuff for other people instead. You know? Yeah, yeah. bit behind yeah. the curtain that is. Um, so oh, yeah, post Ultimate Fighter, you've now retired from MMA, and you're yeah. getting more into your coaching. I mean, we actually we met we met because you were part of the Artemis BJJ camp in Munich. Uh, you've done a few, yeah. done a couple of Artemis, haven't you already? Um, how are you finding that transition from being an athlete into a coach? Um, has its moments. I'm not lying. Um, I think now I'm fine with it. Uh, that has not always been the case. Um, but now it's. Like, I I feel like I much prefer being a coach because I much prefer seeing other people try and kill each other than having to be killing people myself, you know? Um, yeah, I like, I wish I could coach more, to be honest. Um, obviously, I can't, well, not obvious to everyone, but the gym I'm at now, I cannot coach there, unfortunately. Yeah. Just jujitsu politics, all the fun. Um, which actually real sucks to be honest, because like I do want to do more coaching, but I also don't have any hours left where I could coach. So I'm like, yeah. even if I could coach there, I don't know when I would coach because all my hours are like, all the normal training hours are all accounted for anyway. So you know, like it would be kind of tricky to fit it in anyway. Um, but I would like to coach more. I definitely would. Um, I do love it to be honest. Well, it's it's. I mean, that's one of the, the, the kind of things that I've realized over the years. Is that, and it's one of the questions I get asked, like, are you still competing? Like, do you want to compete? I'm like, they're completely different languages. Like, they're completely different mindsets of, now walking to the gym and I'm, I'm more thinking about how I can interpret jujitsu better to try and explain it to people better and, and make them better. I'm not going into yeah. them, be more reflective of my own skill level and my own athleticism. Mm. Um, and the jump between the two is quite wide sometimes. Like it's easy to be an athlete and just say, I do this. But being able to walk in and go, think, I think you should do this that will help you. A complete switch. Um, mm. And you know, sometimes you can kind of tread the line. But you know, when mm. you're wearing many hats, you don't, it, you're, you're not doing one effectively. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, I haven't competed now in about five years. And I'm kind of happy about that. And, but especially in mm. jujitsu. Jiu-Jitsu, unfortunately, I think it's changing a little bit, is that your ability to coach and your respect as a coach is very dependent on, well, what did you do as a fighter? Does it matter? 
Uh, some of the yeah. absolute best football managers were shit footballers. <laughs> yeah. And some of the best um, footballers ended up being shit managers. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, and that transition, yeah, it's, it's, I'm feeling older because of the transition. I'm, I'm not, it's that I'm stepped away from the athleticism part. I'm getting old and flabby. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah so, I heard about your, um, I heard about a 34 minute round you did last week that took you a week to recover from. Oh yeah. I felt rough. I, yeah. well, again, like Naki, uh, you know, he's, he is treading that line and he is competing. He's younger and he's hungry. Um, yeah. And he's got a super fight coming up this weekend. So I was like, right, well, I'll help you get ready. So we did a four, eight-minute rounds without a single submission. We were just, it was constant jujitsu wrestling. I was like, good fucking Lord. Um, we were tired. I was tired. He's, he's, I mean, he, he when he fine. first came, when he first came to me, he was 130 kilos. He's now, shit. he's now 85. And Jesus now he's 85. Christ. Yeah, yeah, he's lost. Okay, now. Fair play. Yeah, 45 kilo. Like, that's... There are people weighing in and walking around it that way. Um, and he's a PT, and he's... he's yeah, he's, he's fast, and he's, he's got that strength still I mean, from being I'll 130. I will be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. When I was 21, I was 85 kilos. Really? I am now 59. Fucking hell. I think I was... I was about, I was big. I actually, this is one thing. I was actually uh, wildly overweight when I was twenty-one before I started jujitsu. Uh, you should see some of the old, old photos. I look crazy. Then when I used to compete, I used to fight at seventy-three. I used wow. to and what cut you now? Really far. Uh, about ninety-three. Ninety-three. On... Yeah. Look at it, man. Thanks. <laughs> it's, well, it's not size. I mean, girth. just. It's just muscle, isn't it? No, not anymore. <laughs> not, it used I'm to be. I'm trying to be nice, man. Would you take a compliment? I'm a uh, coach even... now. I'm, it's allowed. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. allowed to be. Well, I don't know. This is another talking point that maybe you could discuss um, on a normal show. I don't know if we mm. can discuss it if you want. But, um, I'd love to. Uh, coaches, fat coaches. How do we feel about that? Um... I think, oh, actually, then I, that's part of the issue, I think, is that you look at some coaches and you're like, oh, they can't be athletes. You're like, again, it's, it's your ability to interpret. Like, it's like, that's like saying, like, that's like looking at um, Alex Ferguson when he was in charge of Manchester United. Like, oh, you're old. You're not that fast anymore. Like, yeah, but does it matter? Like, it's, it's up here that matters. Mm. And my ability to explain what I'm doing. Like, don't, don't, you know, I'm, Everyone slows down and gets old at some point, but I gained wisdom in those years. Um, just because mm -hmm. I don't, I can't move as quick as I was, you know, twenty years ago, doesn't mean I'm not smart at this. But I think it's it's that again that issue that we're tying so much about in martial arts, especially every other sport. Like you look at some of the coaches in NFL, and you look at that how huge they are with those big headphones on, and you think, you know, they can't play football. They're terrible footballers. You think, yeah, but they're in charge of the most lucrative teams in the world. They're not there by accident. Mm -hmm. They are geniuses at their game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in in martial arts, no, no, you have to be you have to be a fighter to be a coach. No, just be a smart person and understand other people. I do agree in one level, but I do think that 
I, there's coaches I've seen, um, not specific now, like there's no one specific in my head, but it's just over yeah. the years that I've seen. Generic. Generic. Big, fat coaches mm-hmm. that barely have, like they they know how technically they can hold pads. I'm talking about MMA coaches here. Technically, they can hold pads beautifully. Yeah. But they can't keep up with their fighters hitting. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's there. There, there becomes a point where you have to say, right, if you want to be a decent, like I'm talking pad holder, like active coach, not a theoretical yeah, yeah. coach. I'm talking about an active pad holding, wrestling, whatever coach. There comes a point where you have to go. Why weight is starting to slow me down as a coach, or as a pad holder, or as a as not an athlete, but the yeah, yeah. one of the building blocks to my athlete, and then it yeah, gets yeah. to a point where it's like, well, actually, your weight is now holding you back as a coach. So to me, that's where the limit is. It's like I don't mind people who are a bit a bit slower, a bit older. That's fine, not a problem. Yeah, They're yeah. wise, of course, but when the weight or the size starts slowing them down and starts directly impacting their ability as a coach or as a pad holder. That's yeah. when I start having a problem with it, I think. But then oh. like, you, you can look at someone like Danaher when he was essentially crippled and he was on that walking stick. He wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's not going to be able to roll with anyone. Yeah. Yeah, he's still considered one. Exactly, but he's still considered one of the best coaches walking around-ish. It's true. Um, it's true. It's true. Yeah, which, again, that's, you know, you can, if you, if you can't hold the pads or if you can't roll, you stick someone else, another athlete in its place, and you still you critique and you you help from the from the sidelines. Um, mm. Again, I think it's it's one of those things about uh, martial arts. We we expect a lot of athleticism from our coaches. When I mean it's it's, I mean we kind of laugh at traditional martial arts. Sometimes you see more their their giant pot bellies sticking out, and you um, you think, oh, well, maybe they don't know what they're doing. Which we kind of laugh at that because we're from the martial arts combat sports background. Um, and yeah, I think it's uh, it was we can go we've we opened up this kind of one, it's gonna be here forever. But you look at like uh, you know, the the whole idea of stripes on black belts, it's essentially mm-hmm. as, as an artificial way of keeping black belts relevant. It's because when you get your mm-hmm. black belt, you're normally yeah. a killer, but then after that, it's like when you stop being a killer because you're getting older, it's like, well, how do you keep you relevant? We'll put stripes on it, it's like a tree. Like, I've, I've got more, I've got more rings around me. <laughs> I'm an older tree, respect me more. Um, and it's dumb. It's so dumb. That's the uh, dream. But I'm pretty sense. sure that they do everything with uh, the force coming out of the palm of their hand. Pretty sure oh, that's at that point. Works. At that point, I think it's around yeah. about striking with three. You get that ability. I'm not there yet. I'll let you know when I get there. Right. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be, um, I'll be really excited to feel the force out of the palm of your hand when you do get there. That's not wrong, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, pardon. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to do a lot of editing of this of this podcast with all the the, the technical issues, but that's staying in. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to come to this part. And I'm like, you know what, fucker, she can she can leave she can live with that one on the airwaves. Like Spotify is going to keep this forever. <laughs> you did this to yourself. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, lovely. 
can't wait. Fair enough. I can't wait, mate. Can't wait. I'm not going to listen back. I'm not going to lie to you. I cannot listen to my own voice. So uh, I will never I've, have to hear myself say that. I've never listened it's to right. my own podcast back. Like, I can't stand my... I can't stand it. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be weird if you did, though. It'd be, weird, it'd be more weird if you were like, oh, yeah, man, I know what I'm talking about. That's like some sort of it's Alzheimer's. Like, it's like, no, no, I like this guy. I never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. What were we talking about before I rudely interrupted us? Uh, coachings. Um, and and whether oh, martial no. arts coaches... Yeah, I know. It went off on such a yeah. tangent. Martial arts coaching. Yeah, um, um, yeah. yeah no, I, I can see... I think jiu-jitsu is different. Like, if you've got so for example like if you've got two people in front of you that you can analyze and move forward that is very different to holding pads yeah yeah. you know yeah, like yeah. i think if you could if you can sit even even striking like you can coach from the sideline and watch two people sparring and get improve them both but yeah. when i'm talking about physically holding pads and physically wrestling with people or grappling yeah, or whatever yeah. that it's like if you're if you're trying to improve someone in by using a physical aspect of your body, you have to be physically prepared to do that and not have that part holding you back. The yeah. theoretical side, yeah, you can do that. You can do that from a wheelchair. That's not a problem. Yeah, that's yeah. easily done. Once you know it, you know it. You know, unless yeah. dementia kicks in, then maybe not. But science way. You know, this this side of the dementia, we're good to go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the feelings I'm getting now is of you know, being at Black Belt now for f- five years is that now there's, there's, there's kids coming through in the class, like, you know, early, mid-20s, and they're, you know, they're powerful people. And you're like, you know, they look, look at the belt and they just want to attack you. And you think, I'm not, I'm not like I was 10 <laughs> years ago. I don't, don't be so mean. <laughs> and, I don't have a target on my back anymore. Leave me alone. Exactly. I'll leave my, I'll leave my belt in my bag. Like, it's not here. Like, you don't have to attack me for it. Um, I do I'm trying to help like, you. Um, you. You know, like going into, I, I I know like you guys don't really wear belts in your gym, but like I do love going into, most gyms still wear belts, including the gym I'm at. You, you know, you must wear your belt if you're in a gi class. But I love visiting a class where nobody knows me, where we're all in no gi. And because realistically the, the ultimate fighters old old news now for me you know yeah. it's most people at the time people knew me but now no one's this all the new guys come through it's fine i can be like inconspicuous no one knows me and it's i prefer that you know yeah, yeah. um i did not have that then i'd be like oh you're from the ultimate fighter I'm like you fucking don't tell everyone man like i'm trying to <laughs> train like, um and uh anyway so uh now i can go into a gym in nogi and just be like free yeah, no, yeah i sound so stupid but it's like the minute you put a brown belt on people have expectations of you or a black belt whatever like obviously mm. i'm not that that point yet but like you know i walk into a gym as a brown belt and they have these expectations of me and i'm like like i feel like i might disappoint you but mm. also that's kind of the reason i enjoy nogi is because there's no belt and yeah. you can just walk into a gym and have zero expectations and just train, which is ultimately what we want, right? You just yeah. want to train. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do find that the expectation of the belt is like it takes away some of the fun. Oh, for me, uh, anyway. I went. I went to a Grace Baja a couple of years ago um, down south, and I just wanted to go and train. I see anybody down there down south. Um, down south. And as I went in, I, I sat down, and the guys, oh, you know, welcome. You, you know, you've done BJJ before. Yeah, I've done some. I've done a, a, fair, a fair bit, to be fair. Uh, he's just chatting to me, and you know, I get my stuff. I get my black belt. I goes, oh, oh, professor, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't have. I'm like, bro, we were just talking. I yeah. why the sudden started yeah, freaking don't out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? We were a great chat. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. I'm sorry, professor. I'm like, don't call me that for fuck's sake. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just coming in for like. Yeah, see my mate and just have a bit of a roll around. Like, why do we have to make it weird? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, exactly, <sighs> exactly. Um, yeah. No, I hundred percent agree. I, it does my head. Well, like when people like they roll, they they like find out after that I was an MMA fighter or something, and then they treat me differently. And I'm like, yo, we were friends. Why? <laughs> why have you just changed? Yeah, like yeah. that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? It's... Like. It's just, and, we, I'm still the same person. Like, it's fucking stop being weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. It's I'm, like people put, when people put you on a pedestal or whatever, or or off a pedestal. I don't know. Either way, it's not on ideal. On or off. Things change. On or off. <laughs> just be, <laughs> isn't it? Well, no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's either up here or down. Well, just fucking be normal. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the hierarchy and all those things and, and the competitiveness of behind. Mm-hmm. Mm, combat sports it makes people too weird sometimes like the the uh the belt system in general when we are looking at people and going oh you're this belt and you're that belt and we we ignore them on that front like oh you're lower than me or you're higher than me does it fucking matter like just just be friends and just train yeah like the only reason the, the only reason i uh appreciate the belt system is when there's I'm going to say this in the nicest possible way every time I roll with a big white belt and by big, bear in mind I'm a midget so I mean anyone over like 70-75 kilos as a white belt I get injured yeah so safety is more important than hierarchy but yeah. the belt level does mean that it's easier for me to tell who I'm at risk of. Because if there's like yeah. an 80 kilo white belt or an 80 kilo black belt, despite the fact that I'm going to get fucked up by the black belt, I'm not going to get injured. I'd much rather get fucked up than get injured. But I you think know? there's also maybe a level of like, yeah, there's self-control. Like you'll be able to hold your yeah, body, body weight control. in situations. But I think there's also an aspect of, you know, the white belt can look at you and go, I'm going to beat up a brown belt. And so they're more likely to be excessively violent whilst a black belt's gonna be like yeah. i don't give a shit that's why i play and yeah. just because i've got nothing else to prove uh and yeah. it's <sighs> fuck this sport sometimes well like i guess i guess the more experience you get in jiu-jitsu the more you realize it doesn't matter and who gets a shit and you know no one actually apart from you no you know, well, yourself, you know, you know, like it's, it's, oh, no I, thought you me. I was like, I thought you'd be no, like quite confrontational. Like, like, everyone, no one gives a shit apart from you, podcaster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was very direct. Okay. Let's rephrase that. No one gives a shit apart from yourself. Yeah. Okay. No, Thank you. 
Apart from you, um, <laughs> <laughs> you could just clip that up. <laughs> I get to make like Instagram clips of all this, and I'm gonna have so much fun. Um, <laughs> just like, oh, Helen mean, Harper, the angriest person in jiu-jitsu. I said a lot of stupid shit. So. <laughs> Sorry. It's going to be very easy to clip up. Like, oh, I'm going to have so much fun. Let's have a, a compilation of all the stupid shit Helen said. Something about palming? Oh, the whole thing. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so <laughs> what I meant was the only person that cares is the person yeah. that is rolling yeah yeah so like no one else like it's like when i've thought a lot about this because i went for about a year and a bit or about almost a year and a half where i didn't i was competing quite a lot but i didn't win a single fight and i was like and it was when i just got my brown belt and from my brown belt to a well recently actually like mm-hmm. uh last summer so it was about no it was about a year it was about a year um where I didn't win a single match. And I was like, just getting like, what the fuck have I even got this brown belt for? And I was like, cry my eyes out to Chris. Like, Chris, my coach, not you. Um, like, well, I cried to you too, but you weren't there. Um, I was like, Chris, you need uh, you need to take this belt back. Like, I can't have this belt. It's like, I can't have a brown belt. Like, I'm not a brown belt. Like, I'm a purple belt. Please, can I have my purple belt back? And he's like, nope. And I'm like, please, like, you don't understand. I'm shit. Like, I can't. You know, I can't compete as a brown belt if I don't deserve this belt. Like, oh my God, it was going on and on and on. He was probably like, wanted to slap me, but somehow he didn't. Um, I would not have blamed him though. But um, it was like, then I kind of changed it. And I was like, right, if I wasn't me and I was someone else and someone else was having this problem, would I think any less of them? No, of course not. Right. I would just think, oh, man, they just had some tough breaks, you know, some tough matches. And, you know, like most of the most of the matches I lost were like either by like two points or like or decision or was like really narrow. They weren't like I wasn't getting obliterated. It was like I was just losing by like one one sweep or one pass or, you, you know, like it was wasn't crazy. Right? It wasn't like I was losing 20 nil or something like that or like yeah. getting subbed in every match, you know, Um so I was like, well, if I was looking at someone else that was having the same problem, would I think any less of them? Well, no, of course not. So maybe I just need to get over myself. And then I started winning. <laughs> so maybe that's the lesson for today. Yeah. Get over no, that's the, yeah, the, th- <laughs> the theme of this podcast. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Podcaster. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but... I think I think we could probably do this. I think we could do a whole round three of this and just go even deeper into competition mindsets because I'm, I'm really interested actually oh, here, like, like, because especially considering you've you've gone everywhere and fought everywhere and fought so much, I'd be interested to hear how you you got over that. Um, so, how you fixed for a round two of of villain cast? Yeah, of course. You know where I am. At the end of a dodgy Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you moved, it's been fine. We've been going for ages. It makes Well, that's like, true. I am literally the router is about 
30 centimeters away from me. That was the problem then. That was the problem. You were too far away. I um, was about two meters away from it before, so that's clearly where I was going wrong. So weird enough, <laughs> um, like just a little side thing. I was just in 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 Ireland, and I was staying at this dude's house. They they, they kindly put me up, and he said, oh, "My Wi-Fi is shit." And he gave me. He's got like yeah. the two point thing, two point four gigahertz and the five gigahertz, and um, it was two point four. I was barely getting like half a megabyte down. So, oh yeah, your internet shit. But I went to his five gigahertz, and I was getting like two hundred. And he was, I was like, uh, "You're right. Your Wi-Fi is really good." And he was like, "No, it isn't." I was like, showed him. He was like. I've been here for like five years. Like I just thought I, I haven't been able to watch Netflix in five years. I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. I was like, yeah, just connect to this and just like move your Wi Fi box. He was like Oh my god. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, it was great. That it was, is insane. It broke well, his brain. Yeah, I bet yeah. you did. Fuck Wi Fi. Um, thank you for your oh. time. Thank you for you. Thank, thank you. you for agreeing to come on to this again and, and talk about the same stuff again and uh, man. have such a humorous conversation I, I i've loved this this has been hilarious and i can't one wait <laughs> i can't wait to, to put this up online and <laughs> make so many clips out of it <laughs> sorry yeah i'm looking forward to the clips i'll um i'll share them with gritted teeth <laughs> well, I tag you in. I'm like collaborator. Yeah, she likes this. I'll be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, fine. Gotta do it. It's gotta be done. Thank uh, you. Of course. I'll I'll try and make the visit down after uh, America, and we'll, we'll we'll have a roll around. Yeah, man, you're welcome. You're and very, you can introduce very, very me welcome. to to Chris and Co. Yeah, absolutely, definitely, definitely. I'll have a great time. It's on. Thank you for your awesome. time, Helen Harper. This has been Villain Thank Cast. Thank you.